Welcome to Minority Corner, where we take an introspective look at the world through an intersectional lens. I'm James, he, him. I'm a queer political activist, actor, comedian, self-proclaimed sexy blurred. That's a um, black nerd. And each week I'm joined in the corner by other fabulous minorities and some allies tackling the news, pop culture, politics, media, entertainment, and history with a little self-care, self-love sprinkled throughout, all for our own personal and collective empowerment. Here we go, here we go. I would say the mouseship of Minority Corner is here. It's Mackenzie Green. She back. And this week, y'all, we discuss what I was up to this weekend. Gotta get into my little personal life, uh, my my dating. And y'all, was I almost scruff swindled? And did our dear producer Sarah do almost nothing to stop it? You'll find out. Oh yes. You'll find out if you've seen the Tinder Swindler. I could have been in the sequel, The Scruff Swindler. Oh yeah, Sarah. Next up, we discuss the blatant racism in sports like the NFL and the Olympics. We're talking about Shakari Richardson, the double standard that's happening right now in the Olympics with the Russian figure skater, and also Brian Flores. Uh, you know, the situation that's going on there in the NFL, and it makes it really challenging to be black and supporting the nfl but we have so much representation in the nfl anyways we are going to unpack all of that and then in the main event have you all ever heard of tony stone well i hadn't and this is the perfect person to celebrate as we go from black history month into women's history month tony stone the first woman to ever play in the men's national baseball league yes Hold on to your butts because also Mackenzie Green has a real life connection through her family to Tony Stone. You're going to want to hold on to your butts for this one. Here we go. It's all new Minority Corner happening right now. It's time to learn, laugh, and play. Let's go. Oh, and before we start the show, I almost forgot. Stick around to the very end of the show because, y'all, I have a very special, important announcement for you my corner kids you're gonna definitely want to stick around here this very very important announcement uh you have to wait till the end find out what it is so we'll see you at the end let's do the show and look at it look who it is it's the uh i've dubbed you the meryl shape of minority corner where we just we we get you to, you can play any role uh, you could <laughs> I mean, honestly, at this point, I'm like, is this the final Infinity Stone I needed for like minority co- corner uh, <laughs> domination? Because here we are. <laughs> We're going to keep on coming back. Uh, it's pretty much now at this point just alternating between you and Aneke. And I'm not mad. I'm not mad at that I mean, lineup. I'm not yeah. mad at that either. We just keep doing that. It's totally fine. <laughs> Uh, well, so good to have you. It's been it's been a month. Uh, we're we're rounding out Black History Month here, and uh, I gotta tell you, that challenge that you laid down haven't done a lick of it. I have though been doing Will Smith's audiobook, his uh, audiobook Willpower. Okay. That's what I I fun reading is so hard for me because I feel like and you we talked about this, but I feel like I have to be learning, you know. And uh, so yeah. I'm doing his book called Will, which is kind of like he was named for like willpower and it's like it's interesting that it is like a motivational 
book through his life. Uh, and it's just very fascinating. Very, yeah. He lived a very fascinating life. I have... I have the print copy that's on my list to read. I've had it like since I went and got it the day it came out because I was like, oh, I want to support him. And then I was like, I'll get to this later. And I finally read Mark Manson, which now I'm like in love with him. He's like, I mean, truly, I've never cried so hard through the last chapter of a book than the last chapter of Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. I just sobbed through it. Like, oh, my God. But it's good, y'all. If you haven't read Will, I suggest you read Mark because Mark was oh, his co-writer. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. There are like moments where I'm just like some of this language. I'm like, this doesn't seem like Will Smith here. I... <laughs> You're like, oh, but it's really fascinating second. to hear some like the history of like hip hop and just like his choices for not swearing and his like upbringing and like he he just has really like, it's a, again I like to li- listen to like motivational things in the morning and I've taken a break from like Brene Brown and Oprah right now and I'm just doing his <laughs> book right now and it's been just like the right thing to get just it's just been incredibly it's just incredibly motivating I don't know I, I can't really put my finger on it but I, I highly yeah. oh he also though I think the audiobook which is so nice. Because Brene Brown does this, she did this too in her, um, what is it? Not the Untamed Heart. That's a movie about a guy who gets a baboon oh, heart. <laughs> Darren no. Greatly? Atlas of the Heart. Atlas of the Heart is her new one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I was like, what? So, I was like, what are all these <laughs> Brene Brown books that have these great little <laughs> titles on them? I, but I'm also doing that one, and she recorded it like months after she had actually released the book. And you get these extra tidbits. Like, Brene Brown mm-hmm. does these asides. Yes. She's like, okay, y'all, I'm going to tell you about this thing. And it's like, not in the book. And you're like, oh my God, I'm getting tea. Will Smith yep. will like, rap in this book or play music he's like here was the song that we released mariah oh, carey see? sings in hers she sings all the time sometimes it's good just yeah. to have the audiobook because like amy poehler's audiobook she literally has like little podcast episodes see. at the end of each mm-hmm. chapter mm-hmm. yeah so you gotta get this book um so valentine's day just happened uh, a few weeks ago and i finally got around so <laughs> How do I want to go <laughs> into this uh, story here? Okay, so hear about this. I, I got a story for you. I went yeah. on a date recently, and I met this guy off of um, Scruff, so a dating app. We had talked like okay. three years beforehand, um, and producer Sarah um, kept telling me that I should watch the Tinder Swindler, Tinder Swindler, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't have time for that. I don't have time yes. for that. No, I'm busy. Anyways, long story long. This guy, really hot, muscular guy, just like, and he's German, but living in Fort Lauderdale. And I will tell you, I have... Okay, I'm suspicious. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. But I will say this. I have sworn off uh, folks that are lacking in melanin because I am exhausted of explaining racism. I just have reached my moment, and I... I, I need to I let my hair that. down and I just I don't I always and un, always undoubtedly have to explain some sort of like my black experience and tired 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 that's true I mean I'll be honest unless it's like Jack Harlow I'm kind of right hard. there with you but then yeah when we get to like Christopher Jamal Evans or Jack Harlow <laughs> then I have like an exception to my own rule okay, and I'm fine. Like, well, they'll probably yeah. figure it out they know some people to ask they don't have to just ask me so I we were you know taxing like his first message was like when are you gonna take me out for that coffee date you owe me from like when I was in Florida three years ago I'm like okay this is clever and he was like <laughs> 700 feet away from me so we made plans we got dinner he was here for the long weekend I uh, we got lunch we got a daytime lunch we're actually really hitting it off and I'm actually mad I'm like god damn okay. it. I don't want to be hitting it off with you. You're long distance. All of my past <laughs> relationships have been long distance and mostly European of some sort. Like, and they're all Tauruses. That like, is, 
and it's just like after a while it's like these are red flags they're not like oh it's it's like oh less until you learn it no 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 (laughs) run away so i'm just like oh why am i this is happening all over again we hang out pretty much every day (laughs) this past weekend and so i i sent a so i did end up actually the end up watching you seen the tinder swindler (laughs) okay so i sent I sent a text message to my producer because uh, I had already sent them photos. I'm like, oh, I'm going out with this guy. Um, you know, and then I sent them this message. I was like, oh, yeah. Like, wait, let me pull this up. Let me pull. So I had sent a message because I had already sent them pictures. I sent them pictures of the guy showing the, this you know, beefy <laughs> German guy. Um, and then I sent them a picture. I said, you guys, this guy is flying me to Amsterdam for the weekend. I'll be back in time to do this show. Is this crazy? <laughs> And Sarah responds, ooh, wow. Uh, and then I go, he apparently is an heir to the diamond business or something. And Sarah goes, be safe. <laughs> and then I say, yeah, I know. He did mention that he has some enemies, but wow, you know, he was just paying for everything last night. How can I not? And Sarah and goes, like, no, really? Our producer Sarah, who's editing this podcast this week, goes, Okay, this sounds exactly like the twin, the Tinder swindler plot. And then I go, <laughs> and I go, how can I refuse a private jet? And then I reply to her thing. I'm like, what? Really? And I go, I haven't seen it. <laughs> she goes, it might just be a coincidence. But the guy in the dock seems to be a diamond heir, and he has enemies. And I go, oh, oh. And then she goes, and he's always paying for something? I mean, it could just be a coincidence. I'm like, hmm. I'm sure it'd be fine. I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> she goes, not trying to get your yum. Sorry if I came off that way. I'm so happy for you. You should go have fun. <laughs> and then I go, I will um, say the Tinder's his <laughs> partner was giving some weird vibes. And Sarah's like, but rich people are like that. And then I send her a picture of the Tinder swindler sitting on a private jet. And I go, here's him on his private jet. And Sarah, all caps, James, oh, my God. And sends me all these articles of the Tinder swindler. And she's like, that's his uh, His friend is sketchy. Please be careful. You deserve the best. So not only had I gone on some dates, I did also watch the Tinder swindler. Also thinking, like, what if this guy, all of his stories are a lie, you know? Yeah. Got me thinking. I think my favorite thing about the Tinder swindler is, like, Again, this is like the division of like these moments when you're like, there's black Twitter and then there's the rest of Twitter, Ah, right? It's like all the jokes I saw were black Twitter being like, I wish he would have. He would have never gotten past me. My enemies are after me, child. Mine too. Like you need $12,000. Best. I'm going to send you thoughts and prayers. I'll put you on prayer requests, all this stuff. And then it's like, I would go to like my Instagram, which is like so many of my white friends being like, Oh my God, this is a crazy story. Can you believe it? And I was like, guys, you have to go to black Twitter. It's far funnier, far more amusing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I know. Way better. I mean, girl was like, what, $250,000 in debt? Yes. Kept taking out these loans? Like, woof. My other favorite was when the woman was like, I walked into the bank and I got my money. And somebody was like, if I walked into my <laughs> bank and said I want all my money, they will be like, no. I mean, like, truly, this is such a tangent. But I basically, not identity theft, but somebody basically cloned my SIM card oh, last no. week. And used it to get into my bank account. And so when they went to the bank to take out a check, they just walked in and said, like, oh, hi, I'm Mackenzie Green. No, I don't have any ID. I don't have anything. But I do have the account number. And my mom goes, that is such Caucasian nonsense. Because we know that the person's name was Cheyenne. She goes, we saw the check. Signature doesn't look like mine nope. at all. It doesn't even say Mackenzie. It no. says a different name. The person had no idea. And my mom goes, only 
only a white person yes. could walk in the bank and yes. say, I have no form of identification, but I just randomly happen to have the uh, account number for an account that I do not live in this state. Uh, can I get the money? And they're like, yes. Meanwhile, my dad was at Costco and they like shut down his card because they were like, you bought too many crab legs. Is this fraud? So like the entire time I was watching the Tinder Swindler, I was like, if homeboy's name was Jamal, oh, every woman would be like, no. no. Liar. No. So I'm like, and like the poor, like legit Nigerian prince, like cannot get... <laughs> An actual bank loan <laughs> or a Tinder date. They're like, mm, scam. No. And he's legit yeah. friends. They're like, get out of here. Can't even. Yeah. Can't even get it. Uh, I mean, I just loved it. My enemies are after me. I know. Can you get. I'd be like, oh my God, that's crazy. Sally Mae is after me. They must know each other. I can't even understand. Yeah, it's, it is a pretty wild ride. But I guess I do understand because I also. Did you watch Generation Hustle? You know, I love a cult and a con. Yes. And. Oh, I love a cult and a con. I'm glad we love the same thing because my <laughs> comfort thing to watch at one point every week without fail i would watch the elizabeth holmes documentary oh, yeah, like to a point yeah. that i could quote it <laughs> or like my other favorite like salty sweet combo was like the hulu fire doc and the netflix one so like oh, i'd switch back and forth yes. between the two i love them both because yeah. i think most people because i think people don't understand i love the hulu one because it's like nobody was involved in that one <laughs> yes. and i love the netflix one because the fuck jerry people made that one and they spend that whole documentary being like we, we did not nothing. do anything wasn't us. I, <laughs> was <it> us? <laughs> I love i love a cult in the con I too do. It's just, sign oh me up God. for a cult in the con. i like it because most of the time like i can't do the murder shows i don't like people like most of the time in a cult exactly. in a con I, yeah i can't do that because i'm like yeah, there's a dead yeah, person at the end of the show no, like sometimes what? in a, one of the cults or the cons there is someone who ends up yeah. dead sometimes but it's yeah. like it's just okay all right you're gonna get one someone's gonna die eventually in one yeah. of them right but it's not the main crux of it or you get a cult yes. where like everybody dies sometimes sometimes but it's not usually yeah. the main like gist of it i mean it's like it's the wildest thing to be fascinated with <laughs> to the point that like when i have had cult adjacent experiences shout out to amanda montel for cultish where i've like gone to culty things and been like oh this is a cult yeah. okay all right i did it like when i did my tony robbins seminar at oh. one point when i found myself screaming yes. in my Walking living room on the fire doing <laughs> yeah i was screaming in my i did a virtual tony robbins and i was screaming in my living room and i was like and as i'm yelling and being like oh i'm priming i was like oh this is a cult mm. all right i need to pull myself Ooh, out of this. i cool, went cool, cool. to it live and my i am also someone who is susceptible to cults and so i went right. with a friend of mine <laughs> and we were just kind of joking the whole entire time like oh this is kind of kind of be like a cult and it obviously is you buy into it like it doesn't matter how exactly. high you're up sitting in the arena he has us like walking on fire <laughs> on point because he has us believing in ourselves oh, yeah. and then and then then like um at the end my he's selling this like you know beverage drink and then my friend was had it in his hand and he was like oh my god i'm literally about to drink the kool-aid yeah yeah like it's wild i read i truly i read cultish and i was like or every time i listen to sounds like a cult i'm like i've been in this cult yeah. i don't know who you're like ha 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 jokes on you amanda i've already, already done this done cult it. it was fun i was a Thanks. stone throw away from i uh, access i was almost in a spinoff from scientology well for a few hours was listening to their podcast <laughs> for a while and then got to googling after the guy was like oh just <laughs> was it est because my mom was in a scientology spinoff she now has realized that she accidentally signed up for yeah, a sign but she was like you. i didn't like it <laughs> Where they got, she was like Tiffany Haddish in the sense that she was like, at one point it was in New York. She was like, I wanted to go to the bathroom, but everybody kept telling me I couldn't leave until I got it. And she was like, 
And that's where they lost me. If they had, she was she goes, if they had just let me pee, I'd probably still be saved. in that cult. But they messed it at up. the base levels, it's really good, like self empowerment information, yeah. and they just go off the deep end. But this was called Access Consciousness. It was the guy had split it up from uh, him and his wife <laughs> were fighting for power, uh, same side as uh, David Miscavige and Shelley Miscavige. Where is Shelley? Where is so Shelley? And so David and Shelley got the power, and so this guy and his wife didn't get the power, and they formed their own cult called Access Consciousness. I just love a cult offshoot too. <gasps> like I love like. I love an offshoot. I love an off-brand cult. I love like a, like a cult. Like I love like Soul Cycle as a cult. Yeah. But then like when Soul Cycle instructors leave and they try to like continue to take their acolytes with them, and I'm like, you I don't know if you got the same pull. Can't do it. I think they're I think they're in the cult it's of Soul Cycle. I don't think yeah. they're leaving. Or I was I uh, I got re- almost recruited for Nixium at one point. Checked my message. I was like, oh look, that's my friend Allison. And I'm like, oh, when's the last time I talked to her? And looked at our messages, and she's like, you should come to this seminar we're doing in San Francisco. Thank Goddess, I was too busy. I was too booked, busy, and blessed because I would have gone because I love self empowerment and I love Allison. I'm like that's where they always get me is I'm like I love a good like oh let's talk about spirituality and empowerment and then there's just like one moment where I'm like oh, oh no. okay I know oh, I'm out oh but thank you though but the I uh, the there's the I uh, well I don't know if this is even worth it but I started watching the uh what is it the one about the oh the gen- oh Anna Davy not Anna Davy one I be- Anna Delvey I love yeah, her. Yeah. I, I love the documentary about it. And so same thing. She going back to like the Tinder Cinder, she very smart. She shows everybody how rich she is. And then people are like, yeah. oh, she rich. And then when she's like, can I buy a hundred thousand dollars? You know, I'm good for it. People are like, oh, yeah, I've seen it. You've got jets and planes. Oh, yeah. I mean, I just I loved that Anna Delvey thing because I was in business school when it was happening. Mm. So I knew classmates who would like come in and be like, there's a girl named Anna Delvey and everybody who's anybody knows her. And I was like, well, I'm lame and I guess I don't know her. So, you know, jokes on me. Jokes on me. And like I, I yeah, I also like went to school with a guy that I'm a thousand percent certain is like Anna Delvey. Like he literally was just such a low key where you're like, where where are the receipts for this life that you say you led before you got here? And then I was just like, oh, he conned his way in here. And then he's just going to use it to, like, change his life. And I, okay, go off. Love that for you. Uh, uh, well, speaking of racism, I'd be remiss. I have such, like, I don't understand. I mean, speaking of racism, it's in everything. So you could really talk about anything and be like, oh, you know what? That reminds me of this racist yeah. thing. Uh, I, yeah. I use such a conflict of, like, the NFL is such a frustrating place for me oh so there's gosh. the uh yeah. bright and it just it has been but i think especially with the recent uh investigation where the the lawsuit with uh brian flores who was the leader of the miami dolphins um he had the second consecutive winning season with a nine to eight record in 2022 uh which was the f- team's first ring since 2003 was abruptly fired with reports of a power struggle behind and he's not able to get any jobs like anywhere and then you have the Rooney rule, which says that, you know, teams have to interview other black candidates. Doesn't say they have to hire any of them, yeah. but they just have to. <laughs> no, they just have to talk to them. They just have to bring them in the room, lay eyes on them. And, and that's it. And then when them. you look at it, you have 70 percent of players are black. And to have zero representation at the top, it just feels like a different form of like. Dance for me, black people. Dance for me, Negroes. Oh, it always does. 
Did you ever watch that episode of South Park about Ooh. college football? Like, I, I know. know South Park is problematic, guys, but like basically it was crack baby basketball. <laughs> yes. And I was like, where is this going? And there's a scene where Cart there's a scene where Cartman basically they're making fun of college sports, and there's a scene where Cartman goes to the University of Colorado dressed like a plantation owner so that he can go talk to the athletic director about how he keeps oh his God. slaves in line. And the athletic director's like, what do you mean? And he's like, you know, he's like, I'm sorry, not slaves, <laughs> the student athletes. And like, I remember when I was in college, I used to always think like, this is wild that all these black men are here and people feel like they can scream yeah. at them and yell at them and that they're here yeah. as like a commodity and a thing. And then simultaneously, these guys are like, well, I just got to put up with this so I can go to the league. And I used to always just be like, but what if you don't make it? And I don't know. It's like I'm just always shocked. I'm not shocked, but yeah. I'm always surprised how blatant the NFL is. But then I also have the same like cognitive dissonance because I look at my dad, which like. I have no right to tell my father he no. can't enjoy anything. It's kind of like that time when RuPaul <laughs> called them trannies and everybody was like, Ru, you can't say that. And people were like, well, that's RuPaul. Yeah. He can right. say whatever he wants because he did all the work. Like, And it's the same thing with my dad. I'll be like, Dad, you can't watch this football game. It's you know racist. And he's like, you know where I went to, right, you know where, uh, when I was a kid where <laughs> I went to school? Do you remember? Do you remember that story? Yeah, like he's like he's like. Do you understand all the work? I if I want to watch this very racist sport oh, and enjoy myself, I will. Or like I'll say to him like like oh, the Gap is racist. We don't shop at the Gap. And he's like, listen, I know what my sizes are at the Gap. Like you, you deal with the Gap. I put the reps in. Yep. I can enjoy yep, whatever yep, yep. And you know, and I want. Absolutely right because again, like I keep. I get sometimes get frustrated with you know folks like you know millennials and, and Gen Zers. It's like, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. was thirty nine when he died. Okay, so that means like we're the adults yes. in the room. So it's like <laughs> pick it up, people. Like now is our time to like stop yeah. up and challenge these things and and, and have these conversations. And, and, and to your yeah. point too, for Black folks who have not had a lot like. NFL and sports was a lot of times the only place you would see representation for us. And it was a, a big deal for us to yeah. be able to be let in into these professional sports play, these professional sports teams. But now it's just like looking on the back end, it's like, okay, now we need to fix what's going on. And because of course the NFL out of all of the sports teams was the only one to have such issues with folks kneeling or doing any sort of protest because it's all white people in charge. Yeah. The NBA has. But then I'm like, but then at the same time, I'm like, because again and maybe it's because i'm just like i never thought that was going to come the fact that bubba watson was like i'm not racing if you leave take down the confederate yeah. flag for nascar to be more yeah, progressive you're right. you're right i was like you're right what <laughs> and i do i think it's a leadership thing and i think that's why like even though i didn't go into it when i majored in sports admin and i talk to kids now i'm like please if you're interested in it go into mm, it because like we need so right. more black and brown people in this world it's like i have a friend who she's a she's a female doctor she was like has her license in texas and i remember when all this stuff was happening with the abortion rights and the bounties she was like well, i'm not i'm thinking about leaving the state of texas and i was like no i i want somebody like you on the texas medical board like i want you existing as a doctor in texas it's the same way when people are like i'm super liberal and gay and i live no in you have I'm to leaving. stay there like, no you're the main one who should be like planting your flag and being like guess who's never leaving sharon and your crop top like you should be 
spinning to the poles and in a ball game. Like, listen, we all have our journeys and our pathways. Y'all be spinning, you'll be spinning. Yeah. Um, and and then something else that came up too, like in in the sports. I think it's just like this section is called fuckery of sports. I because I didn't even think about this, <laughs> and sometimes it, again, it takes people speaking out to make you connect those dots. But there was first of all Camila Valiava, the fifteen-year-old. <laughs> I can't even it keep up with that insane story. So I refuse. I hate that story it so, is so wild. much. Because first of all, once again, of course, Russia has a doping scandal. And she's 15 <laughs> and a figure skater. Putin, really? And it's so funny. Every time I talk about Putin, and I do talk about him on this podcast, I get a little scared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. I do. <laughs> Oh, listen, I got more scared of us saying, uh, where is Shelly Miscavige? That's where uh, I was oh, like, oh, 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 find we're me. suppressive people. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, I'm always, like, I'm always like, do they know where they I am? Start can they start digging through our trash. I will like, say, yeah, we, I do, I've done, we've gotten all in, because I've watched all the Scientology episodes. I've gone all in, and I have felt so nervous when I have gone into detail about them. <laughs> <laughs> Because low-key, you know in they your brain, do. you're like, they're listening. Yeah. It's the same thing with the yeah. Russians. It's the same thing with the <laughs> BTS army. I feel like if I ever said BTS, they would find Oof. me. But I like never. them, and I would never say anything mean. Because I do think they're very handsome, and I think they're porcelain-skinned, <laughs> adorable And look Korean how you dolls. just had to try to make sure that everyone knew your thoughts and opinions about them. So there was no yes. question. I had to make sure I got that in because I felt like somebody was listening and they were like, I've been fine with you the other five <laughs> times you've been on this show, but this is where uh, I draw the line. But so Camila Valiva, that was the first thing I rolled my eyes. I'm like, oh, of course. You know, it, I don't think she was like in on it, like give me the juice. But I don't know if you ever seen the documentary Icarus, no, I mean, which like starts off as like one thing and I'd I never would have guessed. And it takes it's a talking about here about like turn. Russia, like Putin <laughs> and doping that you did yes. not think it was gonna be about at all. It goes down I, and that's what's so wild about like a good documentary. When they start filming, they don't know what it's gonna be about and they just go on the ride and holy no. fuck balls. Holy fuck balls. Yeah. It was a wild documentary. So when I saw the yeah. story, I was like, uh, well, of course, Russia doping scandal it up. Shakari Richardson points it out. So at first, this Camila Valiva Russian, she wasn't allowed to accept her medal at first, right? And they've known about the substance since December. And it's just now... <laughs> it's just, like, that's my favorite part. That's my the, favorite part is that they've known it. And it's like, you know, and you're just like, well, sounds ah, about white. Like, <laughs> yes. And they known about it. Then she didn't let her accept her medal. And then Shakari Richardson pointed out that like, she was immediately stripped of her medals, banned yeah. from competing in the Olympics, and people knew about this within like days, moments. Right? There was, the investigation hadn't even finished and yet, I think what's, and it was like all yeah. over. I think what always is wild to me about the Shakari story is I think to the times that I have thought to myself, "I'm going to take this <laughs> edible that is meant to make me euphoric and creative," and I have literally laying on my floor with my work laptop on the desk with a bowl of blueberries and walnuts on my stomach waiting for the room to stop moving. So truly when somebody was like, she's high, I was like, oh, so she fast, fast. Like <laughs> she like for real, for real fast. Cause the fact that she is yes. high and did that. Oh my God. I was like, people should be terrified. Like the moment they were like, she tested for marijuana. I was like, if I were another Olympian, I'd be like, oh no. Oh no. 
if that was her high, how fast is she when she's sober? <laughs> and the sheer fact that she was like in a yeah. state where it was legal, her yeah. mother had just died. And the idea that she, the only reason she knew her mother died is because a reporter was like, so your biological mother died. How do you feel about it? And it's like, do you feel better about yourself? Yeah. Cause you got the scoop. Cause you yeah. got the reaction in real time. And I think it's just this crazy thing where it's like, it's, I think it just gets to this idea of like how many black people are sitting in prison uh for yeah. marijuana charges when meanwhile I like passed a weed apple store on the way to this recording and you're just like this is what people are talking about when they're like the systemic structures that make no sense because it's like sure whatever the case is with this 15 year old girl the sheer fact that this woman peed in a cup and somebody was like it's weed I would have true in the fact that everybody kept being like, well, let it go. And she'll be there for two weeks quarantine. So by the time she finished, like the, the, the two week thing is over the two week suspension, she can run and all this stuff. By the time that happened, the IOC was like, well, no, absolutely not. This is a bad substance. And it's yeah. like, guys, guys, it's like the time that pitcher, like Robin Williams said, that time that pitcher pitched on LSD. <laughs> if you can pitch straight, on LSD while the batter has seven arms and the umpire has a gigantic head. Honestly, yeah. you're better than all of us. <laughs> it just shows the talent. It's yeah. incredibly frustrating. It just made me think about like how like John Boehner, who was like the biggest Republican against like, you know, legalized marijuana and like put all the people who've done it in jail now like owns like dispensaries, like put a stock in dispensaries. It's just yeah. like, yeah. sounds about white. Mm. White. We have wasted this world. Our magic put a storm in the sky that has rendered the surface of our planet uninhabitable. But beneath the surface, well, that's another story entirely. In a city built leagues below the apocalypse, survivors of the storm forge paths through a strange new world. Some seek salvation for their homeland above. Others seek to chart the vast undersea expanse outside the city's walls. And others still seek, what else? Fortune and glory. Dive into the Ether Sea, the latest campaign from the Adventure Zone, every other Thursday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, I'm Janet Varney, and just like you, I survived high school. And we're not alone. On my podcast, The JV Club, I invite some of my friends to share the highs and lows of their teen years, like moments with Aisha Tyler. But when you're a kid, the stakes are just pretty low. Go to school, try not to get in trouble, get laid. Jamila Jamil. I watched television probably every waking hour during that time when I was shit-faced on medicine. And Dave Holmes. We talked and talked, and then everybody left. It was just us two, and I was like, I love you. Learn how you two can be a functioning adult after the drama and heartbreak of high school. Every week on the JV Club with Janet Varney. Find it on Maximum Fun or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a judgment-free show. Uh, all right. Um, do you know about Tony Stone? Have you heard of Tony Stone before? Surprisingly, I do. Oh, and when I saw this was your corner, I actually have notes when you're done because this intersects with my 
incredible grandmother that I know about Shut Tony Stone. Up. I'm so excited. I had never heard about Tony Stone. Um, and it's very exciting. Like, Because uh, how many times have I seen A League of Her Own and not a single movie about Tony Stone? So uh, this has passed a few weeks ago um, I that Google surprisingly their latest doodle had honored tony stone who uh was inducted into the minnesota sports hall of fame so tony stone originally named uh marciana lee lyle let me know if i'm doing anything wrong uh marciana lyle was born 1921 saint paul minnesota uh lived all the way to november 2nd 1996 uh they uh, passed away in alameda california so what up bay area Bell. see you uh, so uh, a little bit about her. So she overcame gender and racial discrimination, became the first woman in history to play professional baseball in a men's major baseball league. So, wow. Uh, she was an absolute just trailblazer. Uh, she was born in, um, oh, well, this says actually that she was born in West Virginia during an era of pronounced racial segregation in American sports. Uh, the story is... I mean, all of them? So so yesterday? I know. I'm like, what do you mean? This is still <laughs> happening. Ah, uh, shut up and play. <laughs> Even though I was thinking about, like, you know, with football, with all the concussion stuff, it's like, of course they don't care. It's mainly black people getting yeah. hurt and yeah. having brain damage. Who cares? Shut up and play, boy. Listen. So she was 10. When she was 10, her parents invited a Catholic priest to dissuade her from playing baseball. Because that's what she used to do. She was playing baseball. She was like, I love this. This is for me. And then the, the priest was like, oh, she's really good. And instead, asked her to join his team, the St. Peter Clavers, in a Catholic league. Uh, which I think is pretty funny. Like, okay, let me go. That's the door. She's like, oh, no. Yeah. She's, she's too good. She's too good. Um. So she dropped out of high school and later worked as a shipyard forklift operator and a cafeteria employee in San Francisco where she, her sister had lived. Um, she also began her professional career playing for the Wall Post American Legion team and the San Francisco Sea Lions and the West Coast Negro Baseball League. And she made about two hundred to three hundred dollars per month, according to uh, this uh, this blog post from the Black Pass. Uh, that's equivalent to about three thousand to six thousand uh, dollars by today's standards, which not bad, not bad at all. Yeah, not bad. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. I think probably still better than some of like definitely making more than NFL cheerleaders, which we won't even go into that today. Yeah. But uh, uh, but apparently she just had this huge, just really, really, really gift. But of course, suffered prejudice and all kinds of different uh racial slurs like there was one uh racial slur that was thrown out to her that they said like go home and fix your husband oh, so- I, I knew it it's about to get real creative it's gonna get real wild i love races because they come up with wild stuff that you're like i didn't even know that was offensive till just now they said go home and fix your husband some biscuits and that like sticks out so much i mean this is on when you go to britannica like this is why does it have to be I biscuits though know. I don't even know. Oh, but she was so. I mean, at least they didn't say fried I chicken. Know, yeah. I mean, listen, there's a lot of places. I'm actually impressed it was biscuits <laughs> and not fried chicken or watermelon or something else. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and so, um, as also points out. So yeah, when we get to the the some of her stats, um, like I said, she had when I uh, um and when she was playing for the San Francisco Sea Lions, she had a batting average that was point. 
280. I don't know what that means, but sounds good enough to make it into this report. <laughs> um, and then in, in 1949, she began playing second base for the minor league uh, New Orleans Creoles. <laughs> just like, God, I love team names. Like, what a chaotic time where people were like, let's just put like race yeah, the team works like well who's the mascot just like a light-skinned <laughs> woman in an antebellum dress waving a handkerchief get out of here ah uh, well in 1953 she joined the indianapolis clowns <laughs> playing the same oh wow yeah that's such a, that is such a wild team name i mean in college we were the uc santa cruz banana slugs i think that's at least a step up from like I mean, but it's like this animal. Yeah, like yeah. the New Orleans Pelicans make no sense to me for the NBA. Like I will never <laughs> stop saying I don't get it. And like people I know are like, let it go. I'm like, no, they moved the team from Utah. The team was named the Utah Jazz. <laughs> Keep the name. Yeah. They're the New Orleans Jazz. Why are they the New Orleans Pelicans? In fact, it makes more so sense stupid. than Utah Jazz. <laughs> New Orleans Jazz yeah. makes a million times more sense. And then I'm sure somebody right now is like, no, they actually moved him to North Carolina. We're a little, uh, guys, shut up. I don't care. I, all I know is the Pelicans make no sense as a team. No, I don't no, care. No, don't like it. Stupid. Uh, they Okay, so she also was able to run 100 yards in 11 seconds and uh, was even uh, 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 getting older, was still able to maintain a .243 batting a average. I don't know what that means. Oh, but okay. Means there are a few more errors, but she's fine. <laughs> but that still sounds pretty good. A few more errors. It's still good. Enough for them to yeah. report on it. So that sounds exactly. good. Yeah. Um, and then she would go on to, uh, in 1953, she hit a single off a fastball pitch delivered by legendary player Satchel Paige. Uh, oh, that's pretty mm -hmm. impressive. And after playing 50 games with the clowns. Nope. Never going to get over that. <laughs> Those clowns over there. <laughs> That's a terror. I think that might be one of the worst. That's worse than the Pelicans. I mean, the Clowns? No, it's not worse than the Creoles. The Creoles are the worst. <laughs> That's fair. The Creoles are the absolute oh, worst. Oh, man. Um, so Stone was then traded to the Kansas City Monarchs, where she retired at the end of uh, the 1954 season. Uh, would go on to work as a nurse, mainly caring for her husband, uh, Aurelius Al uh, Berga, who was some 40 years her senior. So there was a little bit of a, uh, what do you call that? A, a January, dis no, January, June romance. I don't know. I don't, those, I don't understand half those phrases. Like, I still don't know what if, if it's half a dozen. <laughs> I just say half a dozen to one. Some a of May the other. December romance. <laughs> um yeah. So, yeah, he, he died in 1981. And then 1991, Stone and other players from the Negro League were honored by the Baseball Hall of Fame. And in 1993, she was inducted into the Women's Sports Hall of Fame. I love that. So I know of Tony Stone because my grandmother was a massive baseball fan when I was and her whole life. And she grew up. She was a huge Cubs fan. And had convinced me as a young girl that she played for the Cubs. 
I like to say that my grandmother is literally um, that movie Big Fish where like she used to be like, I played for the Cubs when I was little. And we were like, no, you didn't. You've never played for the Cubs. You, you're you lying through your teeth. When she passed, <sighs> we did find a bunch of like official player stuff. So now we're all very like, maybe she did play for the Cubs. So in the process of me trying to prove to her, like you did not play major league baseball, never had, never will. Women even didn't play at that point. I then obviously learned about the women's leagues, but then I learned about Tony Stone. Mm. So I was like, what the F? And then my, once she had passed, um, my dad had been friends with uh, Hank Aaron. I love wow. Hank Aaron, like love of my life. Myself and Hank Aaron, his wife, Miss Billy, used to always joke that like in a different universe, that's why I love the idea of the multiverse. She was like in a different universe. Mackenzie and Hank are married to each other. <laughs> like they met, like they were born at the right time <laughs> to have met each other and be married. <laughs> oh my gosh. But he was on a panel once and I loved it because he was on a panel with like other other baseball players like other legendary black baseball players and the question came up of should women play baseball mm. and Hank was like and all these other players were like no I don't want a woman on a major league baseball. and Hank goes if she can throw if she can hit if she can play I want her on my team mm. I don't care what's going on and I fell in love with that because when I was little I wanted to play major yeah, league yeah, baseball yeah. And my neighbor, Mr. Murphy, informed me after I told him I was going to play for the Orioles that he was like, well, then we should get you on a softball team. And I was like, what the fuck is softball? I just told you I want to play for the MLB. I want to play for the home team, the Orioles, because we didn't have we didn't have a D.C. team at the time. And I remember crying, going home to my mom. My grandmother was visiting. And I was like, Mr. Murphy says I have to play softball with softball. And my mom and my grandmother stormed across the yard to Mr. Murphy and clearly gave him the what's for. And my mom said that it was like my grandmother cussed him out and was like, don't you ever tell her that she cannot do something like it's already hard enough for her to be a black girl in this world. And now you're going to. And he was like, but it's the truth. And she was like, you shut up. Women can play in Major League Baseball. And now I realize in the light of day at the time, she probably was about to be like, because Tony Stone oh, right, yeah, yeah. and I played for the mm-hmm. Cubs. But like, you know. Dang. It's crazy. What's funny too is your, yeah. that mirrors my story of when I wanted to. My mom was a cheerleading coach and I'd go to all the cheerleading practices. I knew all the choreography better than the cheerleaders. <laughs> and all I wanted I'm to sure. do was be a cheerleader. And my brother's coach was yeah. like, do you want to play football one day? I was like, no, I want to be a cheerleader. <laughs> You were like, I want to be a cheerleader. And I'm about to be a national yeah, champion cheerleader. And uh, he looked at me and I changed it to like, I mean, the mascot. And even then it was like, so, yeah. you know, but it's, yeah, don't tip for when if a child tells you they want to do something, you just say, yes, you go ahead. Yes. That's all. You don't need to say no, no, I mean, nothing. Listen, but that was like the funniest thing to me is that like now in the light of day, I'm like, oh, I see why mm. like. My grandmother was like, just sh- shut your dirty, dirty mouth. Yeah. <laughs> well, I also think this is so interesting, too, because it's really also showing, I feel like if there's any sport that both men and women should be able to play together, I mean, I honestly think any sport, yeah, honestly, but definitely like yeah, easily it's baseball. baseball, it's uh, pretty much a easily. contact that you throw and then you run and you catch, throw, yeah. run, catch, hit those things. That's it. Yeah. Is, you know, so it's like it's a really it's, it's kind of insane that there's not more. There isn't more women. And like, why? Yeah, why do women have to play softball? Why can't they play? Why do we have to underhand pitch to them? I remember that's what I was most furious about is when Mr. Murphy took out this gigantic softball. I was like, I don't want to hit that. (laughs) I'm a better batter than than your son. I want to hit 
the baseball and it was like no 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 sweetheart you played and i was like i don't know who told you this lie i'm about to when cal ripkin retires i'm gonna take his number i'm gonna play for the orioles Shut and up. i i was forced to play baseball and i would have rather played softball so i think there let people play the version of the exactly. game that they want to play some people want i wanted that bigger I mean, ball that softer just underhanded pitch yeah <gasps> meanwhile i was like i want to strike motherfuckers <laughs> out like i was just like i was like now you see it now you're now it's gone, it's gone. angels in the outfield i was like get ready uh, oh um oh there you know this interesting report though too this is not gonna surprise like so even though there's been trailblazers like stone this will not surprise you that there's still discrimination in major league <laughs> baseball um <What>? and <laughs> according to baseball executives um uh, even though they they there's still again not a lot of diversity at the top and in fact people are actually thinking it's getting worse um there have been 17 managerial openings in the past uh two off seasons since major league baseball publicly vowed in the wake of george floyd uh after, uh, after george floyd's murder and 15 general manager and head of baseball operations opening since draft day in 2020 and none of those how well how many of those do you think have been filled by a black candidate <coughs> Let's go with none. <laughs> yeah, none. Not a single one. And so, again, again, it's like lip services to these fucking companies. I'm so frustrated. It's, uh, it's, uh, it is so hard to do this work of DEIB. They, they give these people this, this role. They say we're going to do it. And they give no money, no resources, no time. Um, and then when shit hits the fan again, they're like, oh, wait, what are we going to do? I want to tell you, if you were mm -hmm. at a company... And if there is someone who is heading up DEIB, it is not just their job. DEIB is everybody's job. They're going to help steer as the company and help give you guidance. But that is everybody's job because everyone has a stake in diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging. And if there's not a role specifically carved out at your company, it is your job. It's your job. It is your job. I heard a brilliant woman say once on this um she was talking about luxury hiring and she was saying like, if I can look around your company and everybody looks related, you're not doing a good job of diversifying. And I thought this was brilliant because she was an Asian American mm -hmm. woman. Like she was even calling herself mm -hmm. out. It's like, you shouldn't be looking around and like everybody looks related. <laughs> and I think that now, even as I'm like hiring for a role on my team, it's like, I had that moment twinge of like, oh no, if I prioritize black candidate. And I was like, what am I talking about? I'm like the only <laughs> black senior leadership at my company. Like, no, you can go get more people of color. <laughs> Absolutely it's, fine. it's fine. Yes, you can. <laughs> yes, you can. Uh, yes, you can. And well, we are celebrating your grandmother. What is your grandmother's name? Ann Caudle and Louise Polk Caudle. There we go. We are celebrating both of these pioneers. We are celebrating yeah. both of them. And uh, don't. Here's what I'll say. I don't know if she actually played Major League Baseball, <laughs> but I also don't want to question if she didn't because I'm terrified because every time, every story she ever told me when I was little that I have dug into, I have somehow found proof that she might have been telling See, the truth. There you go. There you go. Well, hats off to your grandmother and Tony Stone as well. And that was, uh, look at that, Black History into Women's History, because black women doing it up. All right, Corner Kids, that is this week's show. Now, don't forget, you can get more of me, James, and Sarah every day, Monday through Friday, a brand new morning show called Get On Up with Jam and Renee, and that is 
Renee from Can I Pet Your Dog. So come on over. Uh, it's every morning, Monday through Friday. There's two, two several ways to watch. You can open up if you have an Echo device or an Alexa device. You just say open back channel. Uh, we are on from 7 to 9 a.m. Pacific time. That is 8 a.m. to... Well, you get it. We start at 8 a.m. Mountain Time. We start at 9 a.m. Central Time. And then we start at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. We run for two hours. Say open back channel. You will see us. It's interactive. And uh, we do what we do here in Minority Corner, but just even more. And also, Renee is there. So we just also have a lot of fun. We play games. There's trivia. Uh, we've been doing Black History Month moment. It's really good. Come over. Come say hi. Even if it's just for a minute. Would love to see you over there. Give me a shout if you pop on. Be like, it's me from, it's me, Susie. I listen from Minority Corner so I can give you that special shout out that you absolutely deserve. All right, everybody. As I said at the top of the show, I have an announcement to make. So you already know we have this new morning show, Get On Up. And with that, it looks like, you know, it is, it's time to say goodbye to Minority Corner. I wanted to, you to all to hear it first uh, before any ads or, or social media posts go out. Uh, Minority Corner, after seven years, 340 plus episodes, y'all, we are going to wrap up shop here in a couple of months. Uh, still looking for the exact time. Uh, we're going to end right before the maximum fun drive, uh, but this will be it after seven years. Uh, it's, it's time to say goodbye, uh, but we still have plenty of more shows to come out again we will always exist on the airways i can't believe it <laughs> it's, it's it's very surreal to me to, to be ending and um we'll, we'll, we'll unpack this throughout the week so it's not we're not ending yet we've got a, a couple more weeks uh months of, of of shows at least for you so but we will be signing off right before the summer hits so all the more reason to come on over to get on up because I'm not going away and you shouldn't be going away either. So come on over to get on up. Uh, we'll be over there just waiting for you. So more to come on that. Well, that's it for the show. I want to thank you, our listeners. Uh, thank you for listening. I want to thank you, Sarah, who's just killing it as our producer and editor extraordinaire, just doing such great stuff. And of course, Lori Fowler, our production coordinator, keeping it all to Gather. Thank you all so much. We'll be back next week. Mackenzie Green is got to be back next week. More to dish on. We got to get her for two weeks. You know, we can't just have her for one week. We got more that we got to talk about. So she'll be back. It'll be great. And thank you all for listening to Minority Corner because together we're the majority. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned, audience supported.